We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 12th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Um, with me today is my friend Jake Latarski. Jake had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Jake. Hey, thanks, John. I always appreciate it. Good, good celebration. Did you had fun? Yeah, shot some pool, watched some football with some friends. You know, pretty pretty typical birthday. Once, you know, after 21, they're all kind of the same. So. Right? Yeah. I know you're you're not groggy or anything today. You're you're ready to go here. What's no, I I'm I'm, I'm spot on, ready to go. I have had my coffee already, and All it's right. time to talk some waiver wire. <laughs> Good deal. All right, so uh, two Monday night games. Um, let's see. Adrian Peterson yelled at Sean Payton. That was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the Vikings looked like superstars. All those people in the off season who said to me on this show, "Hey, watch out for the Vikings' offense." I know they played mm-hmm. the Saints, but they look pretty darn good. Yeah, well, the Vikings defense is, is the most impressive, holding the Saints to under 20 points. And hey, I just I, I don't want people to forget that they did start five and zero last year, I believe, or four and zero, and they ended up right around 500, missing the playoffs. So don't get too excited yet. At the same time, man, Delvin Cook looks good. Oh boy, did he look good! Yeah, right, get, him, get him in open field. It's like you, you shoot him out of a cannon. Uh, so he's becoming everything that fantasy owners wanted and more. People in Charlotte already yelling on the radio this morning that. Why didn't we draft Dalvin Cook instead of Christian McCaffrey? No, oh, I'm not surprised one bit, <laughs> one bit by that. 
Um, the or other fantasy ga- owners. <laughs> the other game, let's see. Um, Benny Fowler. So, so it was funny. In the offseason, when, when you try to analyze and rank players and things like that, the one thing about the Broncos is you could always say, look, they might not have a good quarterback, but they basically throw all their passes to two guys, right? Everything goes to Thomas or Sanders, and that's great. Last night, Benny Fowler, three catches, 21 yards, two touchdowns. And my reaction, honestly, was, wait, Benny Fowler? What? Really? Benny Fowler? He, he still plays for them? Yeah. No, no, see, I wouldn't worry about it too much as a fantasy owner, especially a Thomas or a Sanders owner, because you look at the target distribution. Thomas still led the way with eight targets, five catches for 67 yards. I'm still pretty much in the camp that I, he's, he's a safe bet to have a thousand yard season and Emmanuel Sanders second in targets with six. He only finished with three for 26. So a disappointing day for fantasy owners, but Sanders is kind of one of those wide receiver three fringy guys. Maybe you were starting him because of the unexpected bye weeks or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it yet. I, I wouldn't rush to the waiver wire. This is the waiver wire podcast. I'm not running to go get Benny Fowler by any means. Right. All right, everybody. Um, we need to thank Fanball for sponsoring the Rotowire fantasy football podcast. Check them out now. Fanball.com. Also Twitter. Jake's at Jake Ski 52 I'm actually helping 37. If you have any waiver wire free agent questions, we would be happy to answer them because we're recording this Tuesday morning. You're probably going to be putting in your bids or making your claims um, before you go to bed on Tuesday night. Uh, also, uh, you can tweet us at Rotowire. You can get some more player updates at Rotowire NFL, or you can check out our Facebook page. Lots of information, lots of places for you to get it. All right, let's just go through the positions. Let's start a quarterback. Um, the, the first guy we want to, I want to talk about you want to talk about is Jared Goff. Jared mm-hmm. Goff had a nice, solid, respectable game. I mean, look, I know they played the Colts, and you know they the Colts stink, right? But mm-hmm. Jared Goff, I mean, three hundred six yards. You know, I mean, couple of touchdowns, a couple of touchdowns, right? Yeah, he's got some he's got some weapons to work with now. Cooper Cup emerged uh, as a uh, as a top candidate and he's another potential waiver wire candidate, the rookie here, finishing with 4 for 76 and a touchdown. Uh, I'm not ready to try to jump in all in on Goff yet. I still don't I'm not I don't really have an interest in picking him up in a 12 team league, but he should definitely be owned in two quarterback leagues. I mean, 12 team two quarterback leagues. He was one of those guys that was one of the very late late picks because people didn't have very high expectations for him. Now again, you have to temper him a bit because this is the Indianapolis Colts. Scott Tolzien, you know, I, I want to pull for him as a as a Wisconsin Badger alum like myself, but but man, he he had rough going out there, you know, a pretty pretty poor quarterback rating and or just in all aspects of the game here. So you know, there was never really any pressure on Goff. Their defense played well. So this is the perfect situation for a young quarterback like Goff to succeed. We'll see if he can keep it up uh, in week to weeks. But I- I'm picking him up, not necessarily to be my starting quarterback. He should be all scooped up in two quarterback leagues. And he- he's kind of a watchless guy for me, someone to, someone to keep an eye out for. All right. Um, same draft class. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a lot more. Uh, ownership on Carson Wentz is, is, is a lot higher. It's 63%. But... Mm-hmm. If you can get Carson Wentz, what I want to ask you is how much do you like Carson Wentz? Is he someone who you think could start for you? This week they're at Kansas City, so that seems like a tough spot. Mm-hmm. But is Carson Wentz your guy, a guy you're looking at as a top 12 guy possibly? I, I honestly, I think so. He's right in the fringe there. Maybe I'd give him top 15. And with Carson Wentz, he should be owned in every 12-team format at this point, uh, especially as a, as a backup quarterback. And if you're one of those guys who's kind of trotting out, um, you know, Andy Dalton, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, Eli Manning, uh, even Stafford maybe falls into that. He had a pretty good week one game. But if you're trotting out one of those guys every week, Wentz is one of those guys that you pick up. And maybe you don't start this week because of a tough matchup in Kansas City. Uh, not, not 
Now, they did lose Eric Berry, so that is a hit to that Kansas City secondary. Uh, but he's maybe not someone you pick up and start this week, but he's someone that you could conceivably rotate and check matchups with that group of guys that I just mentioned here. Rotowire's got him as a top 20 quarterback, and I think he'll still continue to slowly creep up. He's just got a lot of weapons in Philadelphia, and, and that'll bode well for his uh, long-term success. All right, next guy I want to ask you about, Sam Bradford. Um, we talked about the Vikings offense a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. Um, Sam Bradford looked great. His receivers looked great. I mean, mm-hmm. there was there was every every positive thing said about the Vikings this offseason basically looked like it was true last night. Again, it was the Saints. Are you buying Sam Bradford? Are you are you buying the improvement in him? He's owned in 25 percent of Yahoo leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, believe it or not, I got a handful of things wrong this offseason. But one thing I called no. for week one was to stream Sam Bradford against the Saints defense. They had that home matchup against the Saints. This is as juicy of a matchup as you're going to get uh, even within that division. You got defenses that are improving a little bit. So, yeah, Sam Bradford, I, I think he can be owned as a two quarterback league. I did pick him up to stream him uh, in a in a league where I happen to own Carson Wentz. You know, I, I've been passing on quarterback a lot in a lot of drafts and you know I'm stuck in a Wentz Bradford situation in a 16 team league the Bradford dig stack seemed to work in that league this week because uh, I was the high scorer but I'm not expecting that I'm evaluating him uh, on a week-to-week basis uh, in the deeper formats I think they set up a perfect offense around him you know that dink and dunk type of thing Bradford the most accurate quarterback in NFL history we always say that around the office with a little bit of a joking undertone right. but but at the same time you give him a weapon like Delvin Cook who you can just get him out on the flats and let him make play that's going to do good for Sam Bradford's passing yard numbers definitely do well for his completion percentage I think he is worth an owning as maybe a fringe quarterback two and 12 team leagues anything beyond that he should probably be scooped up because you know you're especially if you don't have one of those top five six quarterbacks and are are in that kind of eight to 12 range someone like a Wentz that you could maybe plug and play in and out all right so uh, see the thing with Bradford though I agree with you generally about the dink and dunk but he was throwing downfield a bit last night Mm -hmm. yeah I mean he does have the weapons he does have the weapons to do so. And, uh, you know, he got he got helped by some playmakers too. that that second touchdown by Stefan Diggs that he kind of controlled one handed with his left hand uh, a little bit fringy. Maybe it moved in there, but uh, the call on the field stands. So he's getting help from his wideouts. He's got playmakers, even Thielen. His usage is looking pretty, pretty nice. Uh, a lot of people are going to be thrusting guys like Thielen and Diggs into their starting lineups uh, this week, especially after the Allen Robinson injury and other disappointing wide receivers, which we'll get to a little bit down the road here. All right. Um, next guy, Tyrod Taylor. He's right around 50, 51% actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about this with Derek on Monday. Tyrod's not great, but I, I think a lot of people thought he might run less and that without Sammy Watkins, he'd have some trouble. And with the new offensive coordinator, it wouldn't be friendly. I mean, Tyrod, he, he eight carries for 38 yards is the number that jumped out at me. That said to me, that's, mm-hmm. that's the Tyrod we know. Exactly. And that's, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 50% ownership. I think uh, he should be owned just about any anything 12-team and beyond. Uh, go take a look at him, especially in the short term. Now, granted, he did get to face the Jets, another franchise in complete disarray at, the, at this point. And, and maybe a game like his week one game is closer to his ceiling than what to expect week to week. But the rushing yards do bring up that floor a little bit. So he's someone that is, is worth owning, especially if you're struggling at that quarterback position. All right. And the last, last but certainly not least, the top quarterback of the week in most formats, Alex Smith. Alex Smith mm-hmm. is 23% owned in Yahoo leagues. He threw for 368 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, looked terrific. Yeah. However, he's Alex Smith. 
Still. Yeah, that's cool. The, those numbers are cool and all, and he did it against the Patriots and stuff. But he's someone that I he ranks below all those guys that we just mentioned for me. Yeah, except maybe maybe God, I don't know, maybe Goff is that that's a tough one. But I'd be looking to get Wentz Bradford or Tyrod Taylor before running to pick up Alex Smith. He just it's Alex Smith. I'm going to take the the many year sample size that I know yes. over the one game one game sample size and, and and leave him on the waiver wire. Let someone else toss a couple fab dollars at him this week. I I agree with you because the thing is, I mean, comparing him to Goff. Let's say mm-hmm. I'm looking at Goff and I say, well, at least th- there's some upside with Goff. Exactly. Alex Smith yeah. is not going to magically turn into some downfield thrower who's going to rack up big numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, what one of those touchdowns, you know, that that hunt touchdown was kind of a slant where he breaks a tackle and he's off. You know, some of those numbers, uh, yeah, it's it's way this is like definitely the ceiling for Alex Smith. And I, I very well could end up being his best game of the year. All right. Um, let's dig a little deeper, maybe in the, the two quarterback formats. Um Deshaun Kaiser didn't look bad. He he ran, you know, it was a sneak, but but he's the type of guy who they're going to let sneak. Some some guys you're never going to see mm-hmm. sneak, and Deshaun Kaiser, you did. Yeah, they're almost designed draws when Kaiser does it. So right. Um, okay, dig, digging a little deeper here in the two quarterback league types. Um, the Texans haven't committed yet to Deshaun Watson starting. Um, we're not sure about Tom Savage's situation yet. That's a Thursday night game. And the Colts haven't yet committed about, they're still debating whether they're going to start Jacoby Brissett or Scott Tolzien. Uh, anything to these two that you'd even consider? Well, I would be very surprised to see either of these teams revert back to their week one starters, given the very subpar results that were returned. I think both of both Watson and Brissett offer a little bit of upside. And of course, this is as good of a reason as any to stay tuned in to rotowire.com for the latest news on, on quarterbacks, because we'll get you that immediately the moment that it's announced there. But uh, both of these guys have a little bit, a little bit of upside. I think what Watson would have a little more upside because he gives you a slight the rushing yards bump up his floor a little bit and then he of course he has a weapon like deandre hopkins that can be a game changer that has still scored touchdowns year after year with uh despite a lot of poor quarterbacks over the years so i, I put watson ahead of Brissett. Brissett's a short-term patch in a two-quarterback league there's not a ton of fantasy appeal here uh just given how they set things up for tolls and i don't see how things are going to be much better with Brissett. and of course eventually andrew luck's coming back i doubt he'll miss the whole year so you're looking at a, a couple week patch with Brissett. so he falls at the bottom of the list but he's an, also an honorable mention just because of the chance that he gets to start and he needs to be looked at in a two quarterback league all right back to those first five we discussed goff wentz bradford tyrod alex smith rank you top two my top two i would probably go wentz and tyrod See, I might. I, I'm wondering if I'm dr- drinking too much of this Sam Bradford Kool Aid right now. Yeah, last night. I, I, I don't know. I watched the Vikes melt down in the second half, and and but it was the Saints' pass defense. That's so the, that's the other that's the other thing that I'll give. We'll I want we'll see him get tested a little bit more, and then he could very well bump into that. But I like Wentz and his weapons, and and Wentz has so much upside and room to grow. And of course, Tyrod, I, I love uh, his, his running ability, bringing up that floor. He's pretty much a a safe bet to get you 15 points a week, even if he doesn't wow you on a week to week basis. All right. Most of you have tried daily fantasy sports games and, you know, like a lot of us, you had fun, you loved the competition and you didn't win. And then you kind of lost and lost some more and the, the, 
the, the experts were in your contest and, and they won everything and you didn't and you just kind of wanted to stop playing. Daily Fantasy is supposed to be fun, but losing obviously isn't. But we're here to tell you about a whole new approach to Daily Fantasy Sports, the Fanball number at Fanball.com. Here's the Fanball difference. Your Fanball number identifies your skill level. It ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If you say your Fanball number is 35, you're not going to be playing against experts rated in the 80s and 90s. They have their own contests at Fanball.com. Every player has a Fanball number and every contest has a Fanball number so that you can find a contest rated around where you belong. Let's say that 35, like I mentioned, and you know that that's going to have players in it just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the Fanball number at Fanball.com. Have more fun and a better chance to win. Again, that's Fanball.com. All right, let's go to running back with the big news being David Johnson being out. Um, the latest we've heard, there were multiple timelines. Unfortunately, the popular timeline seems to be 8 to 12 weeks, which mm, would be really That is bad. a rough, That's rough a break. Surgery. Uh, so, Carwin Williams is the hot name here, and you can get him just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. But they're talking committee. He's kind of, he's okay. I mean, you know, his when he plays, he kind of looks good, but no one seems to think he's all that good. I mean, is he your top guy on the running back list this week? Yeah, I think when it comes to running backs, you know, we talk about the theme of this waiver wire show a lot of times as 50% skill, 50% opportunity. That opportunity threshold is going to be right up at the top. Now, granted, they do have Andre Ellington around, and he's worth an add. Ellington might be worth an add in your 16 teamers, those really deep leagues, I guess. But, uh, and, I would just I still think Kerwin Williams is going to be the top option. Now, he's only 5'8", less than 200 pounds, so he's a little bit small. They might want to bring in another body to uh, help share that workload. But he's quick, 4'4", 40 time, good vertical, decent broad jump. So Kerwin Williams, athletically, he's there. Now he's got the opportunity. I'm just a little bit concerned. You know, there's been rumblings about them maybe going out and signing 31-year-old Chris Johnson as a free agent. He's familiar, in this, he's familiar in the system. He's backed up David Johnson before. That's the biggest uh, you know, bringing in an outside back in Arizona is the biggest threat to Kerwin Williams outside the league that I have David Johnson in. I'm probably throwing about a $52 bid there because I am not deep at running back and I need an immediate re- replacement. Nobody's going to directly replace what David Johnson does, but if he replaces 55% of what David Johnson does, he'll finish as a top 20 back. All right. Then the next guy I want to talk about is the, the guy I think I might go first is mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen. Here's why. Tariq Cohen, okay, first of all, he's a little, little guy. Five, Very little guy. Five, five six. six. 179. He got 66 yards on five carries the other day, caught eight passes for 47 yards. I'm looking at the Bears, and I'm going, all right. He, he's not going to get a full workload. But he, Kevin White's out. They were lining Tariq Cohen up around. around. Not that they're going to turn him into a wide receiver, but they were kind of moving him all over the place. They, they need playmakers. I mean, their receivers are terrible. And I know exactly. Kendall Wright's a slot receiver. And I just wonder, I, I feel like Kerwin Williams is a better chance to get me 18 carries. But I think he might also be a better chance to not have a job in two weeks while Tariq Cohen keeps getting 10 to 12 touches. What, yeah. what do you think? That's interesting. I put I put Cohen down in the three, four range for Fab running backs this week because, of course, Jordan Howard is number one. And this this game plan against Atlanta, they weren't expecting to have Kevin White go out early, have that broken shoulder and and then have to kind of scrap together a game plan. 
Cohen result. I think he was a benefit from this game situation, finished with a team high 12 targets. Now that's the appeal for him, not the rushing because five carries for 66 yards. You know, he had that one forty six yard run that helps that Jordan Howard still leads the way with 13 carries, Uh, but they had to scrap together some sort of game plan and it featured Tarek Cohen as a wide receiver. Now 12 targets, he caught eight passes for 47 yards. Those are good PPR numbers, just 5.9 a catch though. So I'm not necessarily sure that he's going to be super efficient moving forward. I think you're going to have a handful of dud games. There's going to be, there'll, there'll be games where Tarek Cohen will get you 20 fantasy points. That might happen two or three times, but I think there's also a lot of games where the game flow and Howard, uh, taking the majority of the carries and them coming in with a better game plan as far as the passing game. I think we'll see Zach Miller see a bigger role. Kendall Wright, of course, Marcus Wheaton, if he's healthy. I mean, Josh Bellamy and Deontay Thompson, they're not outside receivers. They're special teams guys at best on other rosters here. So maybe that opens it up for Tariq Cohen, but I, I'm, I'm not quite sure I'm sold on him uh, a week to week. There's a running back in Baltimore I might like a little bit better. Buck. Yeah. Buck Allen. So Danny Woodhead's out for a while. I don't know mm-hmm. off the top of my head what the a while is, but it's a while hamstring injury. Um, Buck outsnapped Terrence West. Terrence West ran well, mm-hmm. but in in past occurrences, Buck Allen, when called upon, has caught a bunch of passes. So mm-hmm. we we know he can. I mean, they're not afraid to use him. I guess is the way I'd put it. And and I I kind of I, I kind of like Buck. Yeah, yeah, Bucks. Uh, he's the number two back for me this week. Let's circle back and start with Woodhead. He's got that hamstring injury. We're gonna know today at some point later this afternoon. He's gonna undergo an MRI, and then they're gonna get, disclose the results, and hopefully we'll get uh, an accurate timetable. But we're looking at a 32 year old with a pretty long injury history with Woodhead, so that's what makes this uh, Baltimore backfield very appealing. Now, Buck Allen is the guy that comes is the name that jumps out. He outsnapped Terrence West, uh, but the thing is, is Terrence West has more efficient in terms of yards per carry and Terrence West also graded a little bit better on pro football focus, but I think there's enough room for Buck Allen to give you a pretty high floor week to week in a PPR format. Think Theo Riddick to Amir Abdullah in Detroit is what I would kind of compare it to. So, and Theo Riddick was going kind of in the middle of drafts. I think Buck Allen will get a share of carries. Uh, He will have a chance to earn a bigger share of carries if he outperforms West. Didn't quite do that on Sunday, but uh, the PPR floor, he's a better pass catcher than West. West is more of an early down back. So some of this will be dictated by game flow, but I do like Buck Allen as someone that should be owned in anything 12 team and beyond uh, more than rosterable because he'll bring you a pretty decent floor week to week while Woodhead is out. People like Woodhead is like a sixth round pick. It wasn't, wasn't me, but uh, people like <laughs> right. Woodhead in that, in that area. So I think that if you like Woodhead in that area, then you might as well spend a price you'd be willing to pay on him for Buck Allen. All right, so um, oh, by the way, we're, we're recording this 11:40 a.m. I'm I'm saying this Eastern on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Garofalo, NFL Network, reporting that David Johnson will undergo wrist surgery. So oh, okay, ouch. Yep. So good to know. So Kerwin Williams, number one, unless they bring in an outside shot. I still think as of you know 11:40 Eastern, Kerwin Williams is probably my top waiver wire target this week. Okay. Um, let's see, Mike Tolbert. 12 for 42. He got a touchdown, but he got the touchdown when Shady McCoy had it, got banged up and went out mm-hmm. for play. I mean, any interest at all in Mike Tolbert? I don't have any. I don't really have any as a free agent. Now, you know, we see all sorts of leagues and get all kinds of questions here through our Ask an Expert feature at rotowire.com. And I do know that touchdown only formats do exist where no points for yards, no points for receptions, no points for nothing. Just get points for touchdowns. So in that type of format, yeah, maybe give Mike Tolbert an ad. But I mean, his 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 bowling ball goal line reputation may have already gotten him added in a format like that. 
All right. Um, next one I want to talk about. And we, we, we've talked about guys who are up around the 50% ownership threshold in Yahoo. Um, James mm-hmm. White's at 49. Yeah. James I White think he- led the Pats back. He, we, we view him as a PPR guy, and we should, because Gillisley seems to be, as we've been saying, the blunt role is the easy way to put it, the shorthand. James mm-hmm. White had the most snaps of anybody in the Patriots' backfield on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, you can't discount his experience given all the the free agents that they've brought in, uh, you know, Gillisley and Burkhead and whatnot. I think the Burkhead fire has has fizzled out quite a bit. He'll probably have one or two good games this year, but I, I almost in the camp where you can drop someone like Burkhead. I like James White. I think he should be owned. He should definitely be owned in any kind of PPR format. He makes a decent flex option week to week, especially in those types of leagues. So go go pick him up if you're in need of a, a spot. You're always even if your starters are set, you always want to keep the best team possible from top to bottom. So look at that last guy on your bench and really think, is he worth hanging on to before, you know, going out and getting someone like James White, James White should be owned. I have a really hard time shaking out this Patriots backfield on a week to week basis. And White's upside gets limited a little bit by the fact that we know now that Gillisley gets the goal line carries, but, but man, if James White's out there, I think you need to go get him. All right. Um, the other one, the Seattle backfield. So Chris Carson led them in snaps. He's 15% owned, but Thomas Rawls didn't play. So when, when they're back to normal, it look, Eddie Lacy looks done. Can we agree on that? Probably. It's- yeah, I mean, he was getting drafted too high in this, in this season. And, you know, Eddie Lacy, even coming into the season, he, his best bet was like getting some goal line touches. I think the most talented back in that entire backfield is probably CJ Procise, and they're just not quite, uh, they're not quite using him fully yet. I thought he'd have more of a role in the passing game, uh, getting, getting him out in open field. That did not happen against green Bay. Chris Carson looked like the toughest runner, you know, 6.5 yards per carry average, but a healthy Thomas Rawls, which has been hard to come by over yeah. the last couple seasons. When we think that Thomas Rawls is all of a sudden going to get an opportunity, he's somebody that, uh, should probably be the top target out of there. Proceeds worth a look in those uh, PPR formats here. I'm not rushing out to get Chris Carson. I think this is just kind of a week one thing. They do like his running style, but, you know, I wouldn't put double digit fab dollars on him. Okay, the last guy I want to talk about, he's 9% owned, Marlon Mack. Now, Marlon Mack, um, game script wise, that's the that's the one I haven't looked at. But he, he got as much work as Frank Gore. But was that was that due to the, the, the lopsided score that they got Mack some work? Yeah, I would get, I would attribute that to the blowout nature of this game. Frank Gore started the game, and once it was clear that that game this game was never going to be in reach, I think that's when we saw a little bit more uh, Marlon Mack action. Now, I do like Marlon Mack a lot in any kind of keeper format. Uh, he in one of my keeper formats, I was very jealous of the owner that bought him for one dollar at auction because I think he could be a very good keeper uh, for years to come. So he's someone that needs to be on the radar in those dynasty formats, probably owned if you're in one of those. And he's someone that I wouldn't pick up looking to get production, you know, the first six weeks or so. But let's say this Andrew Luck injury lingers and the Colts start off, you know, 0-5, 1-6. They start to see what they've got out of their younger players. Then Marlon Mack could start to get more fantasy relevance in there. So I also like that he caught a pass took it 21 yards. So, right. so, so that's nice. Uh, and you know, the carry split, I wouldn't look at that box score and say backfield by committee. I, I'd say more game flow. Uh, I'm not going to pick him up and start him next week or week three or week four, but he's someone that's more on my long-term radar. All right. Um, everybody week one's in the books and we're talking about it now, but it's not too late to get closer to the game. You love with DraftKings one week fantasy football this Sunday. DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 pick em contest. That's totally free to enter. Pick em is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football, and drafting your team is faster than ever. DraftKings has organized players into eight tiers. All you have to do is select one player from each tier. Pretty easy. 
Choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of your friends. If you like the trash talk aspect of fantasy football, that is the way to go. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill levels. And the best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment. So get to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code WIRE to play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes this Sunday. That's promo code WIRE to compete for your share of four of $100,000 in total prizes. The contest is totally free to enter, so really, why wouldn't you give it a try? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. and see DraftKings.com for details. Um, Jake, I want to go back quick to running back. So Kerwin Williams first, Buck Allen second, Tariq Cohen third. Is that what I heard? Yeah, I, I think given the rest of the pool, I, I think I would put Tariq Cohen third, but... I'm not. If you have a spot, if you have dead weight on your bench, I'd put in a bit on all three of them. But you know, in in that order of how much you want to put a bit out on. All right, let's go to wide receiver. We got a lot going on at wide receiver here. Mm-hmm. A lot of injuries, a lot of a lot of carnage in week one overall. Yeah, the Allen Robinson was the biggest on the carnage front. Um, he's done mm-hmm. for the season ACL. So uh, I, I mean, what do you do? Do you, do you want a jet? Could you see? I don't know what circumstances this would be. Could you see? starting a Jaguars receiver this week. I couldn't. It, it, it's a very, very tough circumstances here. And there are receivers that I believe will have uh, a good year down the road. And it's a home game against the Titans. Pretty low over under. I'm looking at about 43 and a half right now. I could see. I, I don't think I could see it this week because we're not having any unexpected bye weeks and the traditional bye weeks aren't starting yet. So you have the full complement of receivers that you drafted so maybe not this week but i do think both alan hearns and marquise lee are worth a look now marquise lee was targeted four times did not catch a pass i think that's actually a good thing for people listening to this show because you're going to be able to get him under the radar now i know leonard fournette in the backfield did catch three passes but typically i don't see him profiling as much of a pass catcher and when they use the screen game marquise lee i think is the player that they use and of course he'll get some more targets without Allen robinson in the mix they just didn't have to pass a whole lot because they were in firm control of this entire game both marquise lee and Allen hearns probably need to be owned now start them this week maybe i could see a wait and see approach if you're if you're stretching for a flex i could toss one of those guys in there lee has a lot more value in ppr i think hearns has a little bit more value in standard because both of those guys four targets but hearns was just more productive three for 42 14 yards a catch he's going to be the bigger average yards per target guy and a possible deep threat whereas marquise lee is going to get more volume moving forward i wouldn't i wouldn't be looking at a raleigh ben or, or james o'shaughnessy or any right. of those other guys that got targets in 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 this wide receiver group here so i'd keep the focus to hearns and lee both of those guys have value moving forward start them this week that's really going to depend on the situation okay and and lee 16 percent ownership on yahoo hearns 10 percent um let's go to the high end of the food chain i mean like i said there's a we we could talk about wide receivers for 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 an hour and we're not going to do that but starting off and this is a guy who you you can't get in a lot of leagues but he's 64 percent owned so it's not impossible Corey coleman he looked pretty good. I mean, six targets, five catches, 53 yards, and a score. Not spectacular, but for a guy who basically had a lost season last year, this was kind of a nice coming out in 2017. Mm-hmm. I think he very much finishes in wide receiver three territory with wide receiver two potential. I, I mean, he led the team in targets. They were pretty evenly distributed. You know, I'm not looking to add a Seth DeVelver, Ricardo Lewis, or any of those types of guys, but Kenny Britt, 
non-factor this week. Only one catch for 13 yards, just three targets, half the targets as Coleman. I think Coleman and Kaiser have that chemistry, and Coleman's going to be the player to own, and he's someone that's probably got to be started on, on a week-to-week basis, I think. So if he's out there and there's a slight chance he is, maybe those 36% where he is out there, maybe your 10-team leagues with, with two wide receivers and you can't really find a place for him, that's okay, but he's worth the scan. He should be one of the first names you look at. All right. Next guy, the one I want to talk about more than anyone else is Corey Davis. Um, mm. 46% ownership. So he, he, he missed some time in, in the summer in preseason because he had a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So he plays 42 snaps. He gets targeted 10 times uh, for, hold on one second, sorry, six for 69, right? Yes. I, am, I, I look at this with Corey Davis, at, and I, what I see here, that is that this could be a floor, not six catches a week as a floor, but th- this is only the beginning. I-, I feel like Corey Davis almost has nowhere to go but up, you yeah, know, because absolutely. of the talent. And and if Mariota looks and says, look, he- they added a lot of weapons and he likes Rashard Matthews and he likes Donald Walker and Decker's good. But Corey Davis could he's the type of guy who could very quickly emerge as a guy that Mariota wants to throw to pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. Yeah, Davis absolutely has the potential to be a game changer. He checks in measurement wise, six three, two ten. He's a he's a very strong athlete. In week one, he was supposed to be a quote unquote limited role. You know, he dealt with that hamstring injury, which limited his reps. But if this is a limited role for Corey Davis, then there's a lot of good things to come here. I, I like him as the top receiver on this team moving forward. Although you could maybe make a case for Richard Matthews in PPR formats. Decker didn't show a whole lot. Eight targets, only hauled in three passes for 10 yards. So I'm not worried about him. Davis definitely checks in over Decker on my pecking order. Uh, I, I saw him in, we uh, played him for Western Michigan in that bowl game against, uh, against Wisconsin. And he looked very dominant against a solid Wisconsin secondary. Maybe dominant's not quite the word, but he's, he's a playmaker. He's someone Mariota is going to get comfortable with. Mariota has a lot of weapons, but 22 year old Corey Davis, one of those rare rookie wide receivers that can make a huge fantasy impact in his first year. All right. Uh, Danny Amendola, seven targets, six catches for a hundred. Um, he's, I mean, Edelman's out. They're going to move guys around, but what, what do you think? I'm not going after him too aggressively there. There's an, there's always an injury history. He's still returning kicks a little bit. So I, I don't know. I think this is about uh, one of the better weeks that he's going to have over the season. There's just way too many options in that passing game and, and cooks and Gronk are going to get it going and dominate those targets moving forward. All right. Um, next at hard. It's hard not to bring up Kenny Galladay. He was, yeah, you have guy to in August mm-hmm. and uh, he caught two touchdowns four four for 69 and two touchdowns. Yeah, he's going to show up on any top play reel because that second touchdown was a very impressive diving catch. And yeah, he grabbed everyone's attention in the preseason when he scored twice in a game. Then, you know, that that hype train kind of tapered off. I think he's a good wide receiver to fill in at the end of your bench. I'm not going to throw him in my starting lineup yet because this again, this could we could see that this is more towards the ceiling. And but who knows if Stafford likes going to him and, and they get in situations where they have to score some points. I think Kenny Galladay will be a threat to score. He's worth picking up and, and stashing for me. Okay. Um, Jermaine curse, I guess has got to be in the mix as sort of the last man standing who wins chess. He had uh, yeah. nine targets, seven catches, 59 yards. I mean, they got to throw to some, and it might be Saperian Jenkins soon. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I can see that. I had I had to throw out one Jets pass catching option. He was the guy that stood out. I'm not too crazy about him. He had all that time in Seattle and didn't do a whole lot. But Seattle outside of Doug Baldwin's not friendly for a lot of secondary receivers there. He's someone to own and maybe your 14 and 16 teamers to see if he can build on this performance. But again, it's the Jets. There's not a ton of upside with anybody there. Right. Um, Nelson Aguilar had a really nice game for the Eagles. Um, he, mm-hmm. he had the big the one big play from Wentz, right? That was where Wentz scrambled out. And hit Aguilar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but Aguilar, I mean, he was a first-round pick a couple, couple of years ago. Um, eight mm-hmm. targets, six for, six, six for 86 and a touchdown. You know, if, you, if you're buying into the Wentz step forward, I mean, Jeffrey, the thing is, the weird part is about a guy like Aguilar is that he's the number, he, he's no better than the third target behind Ertz mm-hmm. and Jeffrey and maybe even Sproles, right? Yeah, I mean, I believe in what Aguilar can do. I'm not going to be as aggressive as a lot of other owners with him. I know we saw that highlight reel play that was more of a Wentz highlight reel than an Aguilar highlight reel. But Elshon Jeffrey's got to get more involved moving forward. Big free agent signing. Physically, Elshon Jeffrey is dominant. Um, Torrey Smith is still around. If anything, Aguilar bumps above Torrey Smith for me, but that puts him in the 3-4 range in the pecking order for targets. I think Zach Ertz is going to be the most consistent option week to week. Sproles is going to get his. Elshon Jeffrey is too good of a player as long as he's healthy to to not give targets. So Jeffrey, I think this is one of the one of the lower production games that we'll see this year. So I'm not overly excited about Aguilar, but again, he's someone that could fill in one of those final bench spots and, and might be able to throw in as a wide receiver three flex option during your bye weeks. All right. Um, and just to go back on some of these guys, um, I'm just looking at Curse because he's the one I didn't have. Right? Curse, 2% ownership. Uh, let's see. Corey Davis was 46. Amendola, 45. Aguilar, 15. Galladay, 18. Um, Cooper Cup, 27% owned. We had some hints and evidence in the, in the summer that Jared Goff was going to throw to Cooper Cup a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd go after him. Yeah, I would go after him as one of the top targets this week, especially in dynasty formats. I'm stoked because my one dynasty league, I've got him for a buck at auction. People ran out of their money and, and I got him as one of my one dollar players. And now I might get to use him a little bit more than uh, than I thought at the beginning of the year. And we all know that Sammy Watkins is fragile. We'll see if he can hold up for a full season. But if not, then Cooper Cup even gets more value. So definitely one of the top wide receiver ads as far as those that are realistically obtainable this week. All right. I kind of liked Paul Richardson um, before last week. He's 15 percent owned. He four for 59. Thing is, he's he's in a similar situation that we talked about to Aguilar. Look at Paul Richardson and say, hey, I like him, but he's behind Mm -hmm. Baldwin and Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And this is on a team that wants to run first, no matter what, at all costs. So, yeah, he's behind Baldwin. He's behind Jimmy Graham. He's even I don't know if I like him that much more than a Tyler Lockett. I just don't think that outside of those top two pass catching options and the running backs. There's a whole lot of room for another fantasy producer in that offense. All right. So the guys we talked to, who, who are your rank, your targets? Give me four. I would say Corey Coleman is at the top. If he's there, uh, Cooper cup, Kenny Galladay and Marquise Lee. I got to throw one of those Jacksonville guys. I've always had a weird affinity for Marquise Lee. And I think that now given the opportunity and given his health, he's one of those who's an early draft pick as well. That has always just kind of been banged up. If he gets his chance, he'll be a viable PPR option this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, I, I like your order, except I'm putting Corey Davis at the top of it. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I think yeah, I, I overlooked him for a second just because he's quite highly owned, but he's like right. Coleman. So, yeah, Corey Davis, you're right, should be the top target. I think he brings the most upside. But there's a lot of other guys in there that you don't need to take a look at. Uh, plenty of pl- plenty of action on the waiver wire this week. Absolutely. All right, everybody, raise your hand if you won less than you thought at Daily Fantasy Football last year. Me. I'm raising my hand. 
Hands up over in Madison. Right. Um, you're playing against the Sharks, lots of entries, you know. It sounds like a nice challenge to take those guys down, but more often than not, it's a losing proposition. But if you're tired of losing at Daily Fantasy Football, check out Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. Let's Rumble matches you with players of the same skill level, giving you a fair chance every time. Play head-to-head for your best chance of winning or group up to play multiple rivals for a bigger payout. Rank in the weekly leaderboards to win free cash prizes. And you heard that right. Free, free cash prizes awarded every week. All you have to do is play the game and you'll be entered in the leaderboards. Your highest score will determine your spot that week. Download Let's Rumble on the Apple App Store now. Get a free $5 bonus with your deposit. You're going you're gonna to do really well if you play Let's Rumble. That's Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. Okay, tight end. Um, Austin Hooper. So he's 55% owned. He got that fluky touchdown where basically it was a busted coverage and then it was one of the worst tackles ever. Yeah, fluky as in busted coverage. Still some skill in there to hammer that guy in the ground with the stiff arm. I thought that was pretty awesome. I like seeing that smash mouth football. Uh, but he's fifty five percent on. But he's he's someone who should have been on your radar before. Now, even though this Sunday was fluky, I don't think Austin Hooper's fluky. No, I do not think that he's fluky. I think if you owned Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry, who we didn't mention this in our game, but was not or in our Monday Night Football recap, but he wasn't targeted at all. There's a little bit of a cause for concern there. I think Hooper starts over Henry this week, despite Hooper being one of your last draft picks and Henry being a mid-round guy. Uh, Packers are typically, uh, of course, they, they kept Jimmy Graham in check this past week. They did. He did drop a couple passes to help him out. But ta- Packers typically over the years have been susceptible to uh, tight ends. I mean, the, the guys on the inside, you know, the linebackers, Blake Martinez, whether it's Ryan in there, those guys aren't the greatest at covering tight ends. So I think Hooper could be a sneaky uh, matchup and a, and a sneaky, like low salary play in DFS this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could, and by the way, with Hooper, we're, we're not claiming that we're geniuses by touting Austin Hooper here because a lot of people touted Austin Hooper over the summer. I don't know why he's 55% owned, honestly. So yeah, there's room for a tight end in that offense. And, and I think he is the guy finally with another year of experience under his belt. Yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about Jared Cook. He's 19% owned. I, I can't go down that road again. Yeah, I, I'm hesitant to go down that road, but given his efficiency and maybe a little bit of car improvement, I think he's ownable if you're really desperate for tight end probably not startable you we want to see him do this consistently over a couple of weeks all right um next up lower ownership jesse james two the outlaw two touchdowns eight for six for four eight targets six for 41 two touchdowns but he's a nice red zone target he he's Mm -hmm. not going to get any yards and when he doesn't score and they traded for vance mcdonald i mean i'm no way the, the thing with Jesse James is that second play was basically a screen pass designed directly for him. And they so they have that in the playbook, and that makes things interesting. Remember I mentioned those touchdown-only formats uh, yes. when we were talking about Tolbert and the running backs? Maybe you take a look at him there. He's, he's a depth option. I think he can be probably safely left on the waiver wire in most leagues because Martavis Bryant, we haven't talked about this, but he was kind of a no-show in week one. I believe he was targeted just three times, maybe caught a couple of balls. He's someone that his big body is going to be an excellent – red zone target better than any of the tight ends that they have on the roster there. So, uh, you know, once they get Martavis Bryant going, there might be a little bit less um, action available for these secondary pass catching options like James. All right. Next guy I want to Cameron, uh, 50% ownership, which is, you know, on the high side, Cameron Brait. We like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's another one. He's going to have to compete for Jameis's attention. Yes. But, but we've talked about how OJ Howard's probably going to block more and Brait's going to run more routes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's about in the 50, he's 50% ownership right now. I'm not, I'm not running out to get him. It's more of a wait and see approach. I just think between Mike Evans, who was the league's leader in targets last year, Deshaun Jackson getting a couple of looks, I don't think there's a ton of room for Braith. There might be in, in the red zone. I, I, I guess we will have to wait and see on that, but I'm not picking him up and starting him with any confidence yet. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Charles Clay. Charles Clay is 11% owned on Yahoo. He had, was targeted nine times on Sunday, four catches for 53 and a touchdown. Now, counting, including that game, in his last five games, four, final four of last year and first of this year, Charles Clay, 25 catches, 282 yards, five touchdowns. They don't have a number one receiver. I'm starting to – I know Charles Clay has a long track record of being a kind of just a guy as a fantasy Mediocre. tight end. But yeah. – I mean, do do we is this a trend here? I mean, this is the five. This is kind of an interesting five game trend. Yeah, I mean, he'll finish as probably a top twenty five fantasy tight end this year, as he does most years. He gets enough red zone looks. He's not going to bring you a whole lot of consistency on a week to week basis. I think uh, you know a lot of those red zone type plays. You know, the goal line stuff. Tolbert might get. Lashawn McCoy is going to get pretty much anything inside the ten. They have Jordan Matthews, Zay Jones. I'm not excited about either of those guys, especially as red zone prospects. So Clay. He's probably worth owning in a deeper format. I like, you know, I would take him in a couple of those MFL 10 best ball leagues earlier in the year just because you can get hit the weeks like this where he does find the end zone. But if you pick up Clay looking to start him the rest of the year, you're going to be disappointed more often than not. All right. Um, I want to check some DFS. One other guy I want to mention. Um, any You said you didn't want Seth DeValve, and that's fine. Yeah, I pro- probably not. I mean, he got a couple of looks and maybe he has some some rapport with with Kaiser. But but overall, he's not going to he's not going to be this year's Gary Barnage, a Cleveland tight end that comes out of nowhere. I'm not expecting that by any means, especially with Njoku around on the other side. All right. And the, the last guy I want to talk about George Kittle on the Niners. Now, we're not going to get too excited, right? He was he was kind of like a sneaky below the radar, you know, that wound mm-hmm. up being talked about by a lot of people in our industry in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He caught five passes. And the thing is, I don't want to pick him up and start him in any season-long format. He, I know they're playing at Seattle this week. He's 2,500 on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, that's somebody, if you need to punt the position, he's someone you look at. As far as um, where to own him, I own him as my backup tight end in a 14-team league where you can't start a tight end in the flex. Actually, there is no flex in that league that, beside the point. So I have him as my backup, but he's going to be one of my first roster casualties uh, this week when I'm looking to get in some of these free agent bids. All right, um, let's go to defenses real quick. Who's, who's your favorite streamer under 50% ownership? You know, a lot of people are making a case for the Ravens against the Browns. And after they shut down Andy Dalton and the Bengals, I can see it. But I'm going to actually go to that Bengals defense because there are a lot of things going into play here. Uh, The short turnaround with it being a Thursday night game. And I mentioned, you know, Deshaun Watson having some decent potential as a fantasy quarterback because of his rushing ability and DeAndre Hopkins as a weapon. That said, he's still a rookie quarterback Mm -hmm. with a short turnaround. Uh, The Bengals, you know, their defense has been hit by suspensions and stuff, but I still think they've got enough names on there that can uh, that can do some damage here. And and, and they'll be healthy and good enough to be able to shut them down, maybe make some big plays. You know, they'll get they'll get Pac-Man Jones back. Drake or Patrick, Michael Johnson, a couple other starters on their defense are dealing with injuries here. But uh, with the short turnaround and the rookie quarterback, I, I think I'm going with the Bengals this week. So Bengals over Ravens. Where where would the Raiders against the Jets figure in the Raiders are 35% ownership. 
Yeah, I would put the Raiders at number three, but all, all three of these are viable, startable defense options. I'm one of those guys that, you know, takes the defense as the last pick and 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 more often than not drops them before week three. And I'm, and I'm streaming around like that. All these guys are pretty good options. I do like the Bengals first and then probably the Ravens and, and then the Raiders all have pretty poor quarterbacks they're going up against. So it's looking good if you need a defense on the waiver wire this week. All right. Last thing, I do want to go back to tight end because I didn't ask you to rank them. Hooper's first, right? Yep, if, Hooper's if you can first. get him, which is a maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I'd put, I guess I'd throw cause Braid made the list this 50, 50% owned. He'd probably be the next guy. And then three is probably just a toss up between cook and James. You know, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to say, I know who's going to have the best week every week between guys like Jared cook and Jesse games. A lot of that's going to have luck involved. So those guys end up, end up three, even, even Charles clay might go ahead of those guys just because he'll get a couple of red zone looks. But again, counting on him week to week, that's tough. All right. Everybody listeners to this podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com slash pod. Jake, that's, that, that was tons of great waiver wire information for people looking to make pickups on Tuesday. What else are you up to this week? Absolutely. Well, first, thanks for listening, everyone. It's the most important pod you listen to all week, and I look forward to bringing this to you for the rest of the season along here with John. Uh, as far as this week goes, football's first and foremost, as always, of course, but uh, starting to sneak together some college basketball content. I know wow. it's crazy early for that kind of stuff, but uh, in the early planning stages of that, and of course, we got fights on Saturday, as most Saturdays now, the UFC's looking to finish the year strong. So always a busy week here at Road War. All right. Thanks, man. Hope, yep, your, thank hope you. your, your fab bids and pickups go well. Yep, same to you, John. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Uh, as always, we'd love you to rate or re- and review this podcast wherever you're listening. That helps us out a lot. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, podcast sponsored by Fanball. Our next episode is going to be coming on Thursday when Tim Heaney and I are going to preview the Week 2 schedule. So check back then. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.